I think there's still a really big misinterpretation between traveling solo versus feeling alone. And I promise you, traveling solo, you will never feel alone, especially if you carry that energy that's inviting. I actually make more friends when I'm solo than when I'm with my friends because people see me as someone who, okay, you are in Bulgaria. You are a black woman in Bulgaria. Clearly, you're visiting, you know, and people just approach you and they just want to learn your story. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Edwards, and you're listening to Let's Go Together. On today's show, we're joined by Gloria Antamo, who simply goes by Glow. Glow is a self-described full-time nomad who actually prefers to travel the world alone. In her popular travel blog, The Blog Abroad, she shares with readers the biggest lessons she's learned from a life of getting paid to travel. And today she's sharing with us the challenges and the joy of traveling solo as a woman. So first, I just want to say I am so excited to talk to my friend. There is nothing more special than being able to, you know, see a person's journey that has been very similar to mine in the travel space as solo travelers, as Black women. And so I'm just happy to have this conversation with you because I look at you as a woman who not only I admire, but who really has honed in on things that make her happy, her life, her experiences. You're transparent, you're vulnerable. And so I think that people will be able to learn a lot from you in your journey. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you've done with your platform and for having me as a guest. No worries, no worries. So for those who don't know you, please tell us who Gloria Antamo is. Yeah. So right now I'm actually transitioning to go by Glow, which is a fun little journey because just growing up, never having a place in life, never knowing what I wanted to do. So when I discovered travel, studying abroad in 2012, I went to the UK. And for me, especially as a Black woman, I was like, this is going to be the one and only chance that I'm going to leave this country. I better make the most of this experience. I better do as much as I can. So I am a travel blogger, business coach, online educator, and everything in between. I love to use my platform to educate, empower, inform, inspire, entertain. You definitely entertain. Glow does these incredible skits that pay homage to her upbringing and her family. For those who don't know, Gloria, please tell us a little bit about your upbringing and and your family. Yeah, so being Nigerian is both a blessing and a curse. I I (laughs) (laughs) I adore my Nigerian culture and background and heritage and everything that it's helped shape me into the woman I am today. Because when you have such strict parents and you have such borders around who you can be as a person, I was like, I felt so limited. And that also like really inspired me to just really break free from that mold of what they thought success was. So these skits definitely are made to kind of poke fun at the strictness of Nigerian culture and parents but also show other Nigerian immigrant kids, first-generation Americans, that if you are struggling to fit into that doctor, lawyer, engineer path that your parents want you to be because of, you know, just the way it is over in the East, then it is okay to break free. It is okay to say, I choose me over my parents. I choose me over my culture. I choose me over my heritage. And that's really what I've done. 
Amazing, amazing. And and you've done it in a way that makes it relatable. And for those who are not Nigerian to respectfully laugh at <laughs> uh, the cultural differences, to say the least. <laughs> but what we're here to talk about today is your experiences as a solo traveler. And so my first question is, how many countries have you been to? And with that, what are your biggest concerns traveling as a woman solo? Yeah, so I just crossed off country number 81, the Maldives. Wow. <laughs> last month, because why not? <laughs> yeah, 81 countries, six continents. And traveling solo, I think safety, first and foremost, is always going to be our biggest concern. Just knowing that as women, we have to navigate the world with a little bit more street smarts than probably the average male. You know, they can just walk up anywhere and know that, like, okay, I can, you know, walk into this restaurant and just, seat myself down and all is good. Whereas I walk into a restaurant, I have to sometimes combat whether they think I'm there to solicit. They might assume that I'm a prostitute, especially the further east you travel. Who is this Black woman? How is she able to afford to come to this country? How can she afford to eat at this restaurant? So immediately I'm combating all of these stereotypes and these images that people have, not only seeing a solo woman travel, but a solo Black woman. Absolutely. And you brought up going into the restaurants. I'm going to take it a little further. One thing that I have noticed about you and your travels is that you openly, pre-COVID obviously, would share that you would go out to bars and nightclubs alone and have like amazing times, including sometimes partaking in drinking alcohol. So tell me how you balance your safety while having fun, because that is something that would be scary for a lot of women. So when you approach, hey, you know what? I'm in such and such country. They've got this amazing bar or this club. I'm going to check it out. What is your method of thinking within and navigate that type of night? That's a great question. And I think one thing that I'm very glad I did, and again, I can attribute this to being a pastor's kid and growing up with Nigerian parents, but I was terrified of alcohol to the point where I just, I didn't desire to drink until I was of age. And even then I waited an extra year just for security. <laughs> so <laughs> Drinking alcohol for the first time at 22, you know, really enjoying a glass of wine for the sake of enjoying it, not to like get drunk at a college party. You know, I think having that maturity at a, a young age and that introduction into alcohol allowed me to have a better relationship and experience with it. So already, like, I know my limits. I know my cutoff. You know, when I'm going to a bar or to a club to have a good time, I recognize that I'm in a foreign country. So home court advantage does not exist. So even if there was, you know, to be a case where someone saw me and they felt threatened by me, again, we can talk about being a, a Black woman later on in this podcast. But just knowing that I am at the mercy of this country, I cannot act with this level of arrogance or pride like I own this place or anything like that. So I'm always like yielding <laughs> to the people and to the locals because I'm like, I'm a guest in your country. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to learn. And I think that energy, people can pick up on that. And I remember being in Latvia and I walked up into this club and they saw me immediately. The DJ turned the music to rap and they put me in VIP because there's also this status in some countries of like, oh, we got a black girl up in here. So, <laughs> So so not only are you a game changer, you're a club changer when you walk up in the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would walk into a club and all of a sudden they change to rap music just to mess with them. I would be like, what, what, what is this? What, you know, because there's this 
you know, preconceived connotation uh, about black culture abroad. And so you're just going to throw me into the rap and the hip hop. I mean, mind you, we get down like that. And a lot of us enjoy that, including myself. It would have been like a record scratch to me. Like, oh, really? That's what we're doing? Okay. (laughs) Funny, to be honest, Uber drivers, every single time, every single time, they'll be listening to their local music. I get in, they turn it to hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I'm glad you bring up Uber. Is that your method of transportation when you're around the world? How do you navigate transportation as a solo female traveler around the world? That's such a great question. I traveled full-time as a nomad for over seven years. And just in the evolution of the way I travel and what I can afford to travel, the way I can afford to travel now, there's definitely been a difference. So in my backpacking days, when I started off in 2012 and I was like, you know, five to $10 a day budget. All I could afford was the Nikes on my feet. (laughs) My feet were my mode of transportation. I walked everywhere. I even hitchhiked in the Balkans, which is also super safe, super brave. But also I had like backup and I just really wanted to experiment, but also try it in a really safe location. And the Balkans are known for being a great place to hitchhike. But now, definitely in the last three to four years, Uber has been my preferred mode of transportation because you have that extra level of security that, you know, you have their name, you have a database, you have, you know, a support center, everything is tracked, basically. So I trust Uber a lot more than local taxi drivers that often, you know, rip you off and hike up the prices. No, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely been in some taxi situations like, you know what, I'm going to get out this car because I know that price ain't right. In addition to being a fearless solo traveler, Glow Antamo is a popular travel blogger. We'll talk more about the origins of her blog and how it set her on a path towards independence after the break. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Glow's travel blog, The Blog Abroad, is now a resource for solo female travelers looking for tips on how to stay safe, the best way to score cheap airfare prices, and even dating abroad. The Blog Abroad has not only become a way for Glow to document her travel, but it has also been a vehicle to financial independence. Once a passion project, her blog now has a big enough following that brands pay her to write about her adventures. We talked about the origins of the blog abroad and her family's reaction to her thrill-seeking spirit. Let's go back a little bit further. Let's start in the very beginning. When you started the blog abroad, what was your mission in doing so? Man, (laughs) that takes me so far back. So just a little bit more context. I started my first blog at 11 years old, Wow, almost 20 years ago. So this is two decades of blogging now, but it was a platform called Exanga. No longer exists. It was bought out. But I remember the first time I started my blog and I started writing, you know, at 11 years old, you know, you're writing really high quality stuff, (laughs) boys that are cute, teachers that you don't like, you know, real top quality journalism. (laughs) And I remember my first, you know, quote unquote follower 
was a girl, Patricia, in Virginia. And at the time, being from the Bay Area, I was a Cali girl. Virginia felt like it could have been Australia. Yeah. I was like, yo, Patricia knows who I am. Like, I have a friend all the way in Virginia. And I just remember us bonding over just mutual interests and similar ideas. And I was like, this idea that I can own a corner of the internet, share whatever I wanted, like open up a piece of my heart, put it out there and someone could resonate with it. I fell in love with that at 11 years old. And I immediately knew that whatever I was going to do in my life was going to be connected to storytelling and sharing my stories online. So as I evolved, the blogabroad.com was actually my sixth blog. So a lot of people see it now like, oh, Glow, you're so successful, whatever. I'm like, no, you didn't see my first five that were failures. I had a music blog, a pop culture blog, a celebrity blog, an academic blog, a sports blog, you know, but the blog abroad, it was birthed when I knew I was going to be traveling for an indefinite amount of time, literally booked a one-way ticket to the UK. And I was like, all right, I got a blog, I got a camera, I got a laptop and I can find Wi-Fi. Let's get to work. Let's hustle. (laughs) Very resourceful. Again, that's my Nigerian upbringing Mm -hmm. of just like, you know, we'll figure it out. Let's make it work. But I knew I was already so privileged to have all these tools and have access to Wi-Fi and to the internet and to a camera. I was like, I can build my way up there. Wherever there was going to be, I can build with this platform. But all I needed to do was really just start. You are still reaching so many people in the masses. And I mean, we can't even get into what you're doing now. That work has transitioned from, you know, as a a traveler to now you're a full-blown entrepreneurial coach inspire motivational speaker like all these things that you know I feel like you got your roots in starting your blog and that seems to have grown exponentially did you grow up traveling definitely did not and I think the immigrant story for a lot of people is that you traveled for literally like survival or security travel wasn't something that many especially you know West Africans did for leisure at least you know for my family So my mom would always go back to Nigeria to visit family every few years. My mom and dad, both born and raised in Nigeria. My oldest sister was born in Nigeria. And then the rest of us five kids were born in California. So Nigeria, ironically, you know, a lot of (laughs) African kids will be able to relate to this first generation African kids. But Nigeria, I remember growing up and my mom would be like, Gloria, if you misbehave, I will send you back home. And she made it sound like this threatening place. (laughs) And it wasn't the fact that Nigeria in itself was threatening. It was the way that they raised kids and the strict discipline. And she was like, oh, if you think my parenting is harsh, let me send you back home and you'll get some real, you know, some real discipline. In my mind growing up, I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I want to visit Nigeria. <laughs> Mom made it sound so scary. But having visited as an adult, I have so much appreciation and love for my roots now. And I feel so privileged to be able to go back home and you know visit distant family members and see where my mom grew up and learn more about my culture. So it's definitely been a humbling but beautiful journey. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. What's been your family's reaction to you know, your exploits around the globe? (laughs) Okay, let me start with, let me start with my siblings. They're so supportive. I mean, I've always been the black sheep of the family. I'm one of six kids. So we're between 18 and 37. So we're pretty spread out, but we're all adults. And I was always the one that just never fit in. Like if everyone signed up for soccer, Glow went to play basketball, you know? So I was always the oddball. So they knew that whatever I was going to do in my life, it was going to be different. They've always been super supportive. 
my mom, you know, <laughs> she, she'll always casually remind me, like, when will you stop running away? What are you running from? Is there something that, you know, and I'm just like, mom, it's called travel. I'm not running from anything. <laughs> like, what if I'm actually just, you know, searching for myself, you know, but you know, my mom to this day, I have to like accept that there's not only a cultural difference, but it's generational as well. And for her to leave everything in Nigeria and come to California, come to America to have a better life for her family and her kids, uh, like she sacrificed so much in order for me to have this privilege of an American passport. So I do honor her journey and everything that she's done to allow me to live this life. For women, there's often a misconception in society that being solo equals being lonely that traveling alone is more a product of circumstance than choice. However, many women like GLOW prefer to travel alone and find that solo travel often leads to meeting more people than traveling in a group. We talked about how traveling alone pushes women to be braver than they ever thought possible. What do you enjoy more about traveling alone than with friends or a companion? That is such a great question. And I think there's still a really big misinterpretation between traveling solo versus feeling alone. Mm. And I promise you traveling solo, you will never feel alone, especially if you carry that energy that's inviting. I actually make more friends when I'm solo than when I'm with my friends because people see me as someone who, okay, you are in Bulgaria. You are a black woman in Bulgaria. Clearly you're visiting, you know, and people just approach you and they just want to learn your story. Like what made you come all the way from San Francisco, wow, you know, and they're so amazed and sometimes honored that a Black woman would leave her country to visit theirs. And I love that cultural exchange that you're able to have. Sometimes when you're with friends, you stay in that little bubble and, you know, you go out to eat together, you go party together, you go to the beach together, and you're only really talking to each other. You're not able to make those connections with locals, have conversations with locals, and open up your heart and experience to invite conversation from strangers. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I really love that you said traveling solo doesn't mean you're necessarily traveling alone. And that should be a proverb. I mean, (laughs) put that under your Glopra situation we've got going on because it's so true. I feel like, you know, when you are a solo traveler, especially as a, a female or woman, Not only do you have to be cautious with the people that you are encountering, Mm -hmm. but once you find some people who are genuinely nice, there's this kind of a sense of relief to have met someone in a place that can show you it better than you navigating it on your own. And to have that comfort in meeting someone who's willing to be open to another culture, ethnicity, all of that is actually really, really beautiful. So you're right. When I reflect on my travels alone, was I ever really alone? No, I was there physically there solo, but not alone. So I love that. Absolutely. And if I can quickly add to that, I think with our lives as well, like just growing up, especially as women, we sacrifice so much of ourselves and our desires to be the best girlfriend, wife, mother, sister, daughter, employee, CEO. And we can't be the best us, you know, Mm -hmm. becoming the best me, the best you. So when you do travel solo, you travel inward, you connect head to heart, and you're really able to dive deep on your trauma, unpack the things that you just keep suppressing as you get older, because you're sacrificing everything to be the best, you know, insert title. So solo travel also allows you to really do that deep inner work. 
Let's talk about your adventure activities while you've been traveling. And honestly, I had no idea you had done some of these things. Bungee jumping, scuba diving, skydiving, paragliding. Really, Glow? <laughs> okay, well, definitely not skydiving yet, but paragliding, yes. Bungee jumping, yes. I think one of the things about travel as well, when you put yourself in an unfamiliar environment, you're also more like inclined to want to do something crazy. Because again, when you're in your little bubble of familiarity, oh, your friends, oh, don't do that. No, that's dangerous. You have all these influences trying to keep you down. But you're in the middle of nowhere in Jordan. It's like, yeah, let's go skydive. Or yeah, let's go paraglide in Switzerland and view the Swiss Alps from above. So you do have that like extra adventurous spirit when you're abroad. Oh, no, absolutely. And I, I will say that it's like one of those YOLO and FOMOs, like <laughs> I'm not missing out on anything and I'm here, so why not? I think though, I will say that, you know, especially as a person who's an adventure traveler, way, way, way in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about the, well, you are here alone. You, you sure you're going to risk this? Because there's no, you can't call your mama, your daddy, your partner, your friends. Yeah. Are you really going to risk this? And the answer for me has always been yes. <laughs> It's a hard yes, but I, I love that you, you know, you have that balance that you throw in the adventure activities too, because I feel like a lot of people typically that love to travel solo, they stick to this like solo travel routine, which is often really, really straightforward and really, really safe. They don't come with too many risks because of the safety factor. So, I mean, for those of you who are willing to go a little bit off the beaten path, more power to you. <laughs> Just to that point, like we're very privileged to be able to travel as often as we do. But for people who take maybe a trip every decade or one trip a year, it's like if you're already all the way in Australia, why would you not want to also you know, create this incredible memory and do something adventurous so that when you're going back you know, to your home country, you're able to remember not just the trip, but the things that you did on that trip as well. Female solo travel is a bold and brave move in itself. However, traveling solo as a Black woman can feel like an act of resistance. So often, Black women are put in a box labeled by the things we aren't supposed to enjoy. Swimming, hiking, parasailing, and activities synonymous with adventure have frequently been reserved as activities that only white people enjoy. And even worse, as a Black woman traveling abroad, there are times when we are automatically assumed to not belong or be who we actually are. Glow explains the challenges of traveling alone as a Black woman specifically, and how she defies stereotypes thrust upon her. So here is a question that I, I would love to know how you feel. How do you define global travel as a Black woman? Whew. You know, honestly, Kelly, it's like, where do we start? Black woman, Black woman, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many nuances to our lived experiences that I do try to share those stories. And I remember the very first time I talked about just being very badly treated because of my skin color. While traveling, I remember shaking before publishing that story. Mm. I was in Prague, Czech Republic. And in that blog post, I do want to be mindful. I did mention that I would still like to go back and visit. I still, I have no hard feelings against the country itself because you can't cast the entire country in a bad light. But in Prague, I was spit at. Whoa. I was denied service at restaurants. It's cold and I, I'm wearing, this doesn't even matter, but I, I'm wearing a full winter clothing. And I remember a couple walking past me. 
And the wife or the girlfriend sees me and immediately gets her husband's head and like makes sure that he doesn't like look at me. Mm. Again, there's this idea and assumption that a lot of Black women, the only way they can afford to travel to some of these places is by prostituting themselves. So I, I remember that feeling of being immediately labeled as that. I remember being in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro and I'm working a campaign at a really nice hotel. I check in really late at night because my flight was late. And the next morning I'm at breakfast and I'm just, you know, minding my business, eating. And the lady comes yelling at me in Portuguese, basically she's like trying to shoo me out, yelling at me. And I'm just like, I learned one phrase, eu não falo português, eu não falo português. I don't speak Portuguese because I knew a lot of people would mistake me as a uh, black Brazilian. You know, she's just still like yelling at me. So I pull out my room key. She looks so shocked. Like, whoa, oh, wait, she's maybe she's actually a guest. They go to reception and you can just see everyone looks mortified. Like, oh my gosh, like she's not a prostitute. Like, why would you yell at her and assume? And I don't know the stats. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the frequency of, you know, black sex workers that are coming into these places for them to automatically assume that every black woman is that. But it's so shameful. And I share those stories not to scare people off from visiting, you know, these countries, but to let them know if this is your experience, don't be ashamed. It happened to me too. There's nothing you can do except educate and normalize the existence of everyday Black people in these countries. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'll go on record to say, you know, I've had a similar experience. I was in Belize and, you know, people mistake me sometimes for Belizean. I don't know, maybe my skin complexion with like my hair type, I should say. And the fact that I, you know, I do speak Spanish. And so I remember going into a restaurant. My boyfriend was there with me, actually. He had happened to go to the restroom at the time. And some guy comes up to me, like trying to solicit me. And I spoke Spanish right back to him to let him know that wasn't it, Jack. But <laughs> it was just so crazy that my skin color, skin color relates and makes you think that I'm automatically most likely a prostitute in another country. And I'm like, do you know what I got going on over here? And this is nothing against sex workers whatsoever. I'm saying for me and myself and what I choose and want to project in the world, Absolutely. that is not it. And so it's unfortunate that that is a part of our experience, but it's it's absolutely true. You said some things, some quotes that I picked up from articles that were written about you. And I thought one was really, really fun. You said, I'm sporadic, impulsive, and too dangerous for my own good in reference to your travel style. Can you give us an example of where this behavior shows up? Dang, you did your research. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, and I'm going to be honest. I think this is why I am like actively choosing to be single because I love the ability to just pick up and go anywhere I want. I'm just a very adventurous soul and I get bored very quick with people, with places. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not against picking up and taking off and telling not a single soul until I come back, you know? So I think that's where that quote was kind of inspired from. You also said traveling is living in its purest form. How does that relate to you in regards to traveling solo? Yeah, man. I always say like the, the best type of education you can get exists outside of the four walls of the classroom. It wasn't until I started traveling that I really allowed myself to unlearn 
and relearn what I thought about people, what I thought about the world, how I wanted to contribute to the world and build a legacy. And I think wisdom comes from living. And you do a lot of living when you're traveling. You're doing things that are outside of your comfort zone. I know now that like the foreign has become so familiar that the familiar feels foreign. Mm. It's really interesting. My world feels so flopped everywhere and nowhere feels like home. But man, that's a life to me. What tips can you give for solo female travelers? Um, Everyone waits for the perfect time. Perfection doesn't exist. I feel like we're always waiting for you know a certain dollar amount, a certain circumstance, a bonus, a raise for our partners to understand, for our partners to whatever. But I promise you, it is such a freeing and liberating and insightful and enlightening experience to just go and to not explain yourself. The best thing you can do is take a trip and not even tell anyone because it's so beautiful to allow yourself to actually enjoy the place. Because a lot of times what happens is we take that solo trip and we're so anxious to post about it and share. And now you're bombarded with messages of, you didn't tell me, why didn't you bring me? Oh, give me tips. Where's that hotel at? And now you can't even enjoy the trip because now you're trying to, to help and answer all the questions that you're getting from the trip. So I always tell people, man, just go. Don't tell anybody until you come back and just enjoy it. I mean, the perfect time to do it doesn't exist. And if 2020 has taught us anything, tomorrow is not promised. We really have to take advantage of the beauty that we have at our fingertips. I also say for those who love to connect with social media, you don't have to post in real time, right? People Mm -hmm. don't need to know where you are in that moment because you will be so shocked at how Many people, like Gloria said, will reach out to you and try to connect with you. But there can also be people who have don't have good intentions who can start tracking your moves and tracing your moves. So I'm with Glow on that. It's like you don't have to tell people necessarily where you're going. Obviously, be safe. But you also don't have to tell people when you do that you were there in real time. Because I've definitely had people roll up on me and I'm like, oh, really? And, you know, that that is something that can't be ignored and can be scary as a woman who's traveling solo. hundred percent. And even just like, let's talk, you know, business wise, like when we are doing collaborations with like hotels, I have to let them know, like, cause in the past people have literally rocked up to the hotel and just sat in the lobby waiting for me to come out of my room. And that is, I appreciate the support, but I can't, I can't have that, <laughs> you know? So I've definitely told hotels that host me now. I'm like, Hey, you know, the posts are going to come about a week to three weeks delayed because I, I can't have that invasion of privacy while I'm supposed to be on a vacation. Absolutely. So for those of you who are listening, <laughs> especially women, don't post in real time. For those of us who are professional career travelers to the brands that we work with, as Glow said, we'll give you your content. Just won't be then. Thank you very much. So where do you want to go next? Wow. That's a great question. Some places are, you know, slowly opening up. And it's actually sad to be thinking of this now, but I was actually supposed to be in Bali. They recently announced that they're no longer opening to Americans until 2021. So I will say probably some more Caribbean islands. I I think it's close. It's easy. I want to explore more of the Caribbean islands in South America. And last question, if there were three places you could suggest that a woman could take her first 
solo trip, where would they be and why? First and foremost, Norway. I have never felt safer. The air has never felt purer. Like I, I felt like I was drinking like Jesus's bath water. It was everything was just so pure. Huh. In Norway, I rented a car for a couple of weeks and I just drove around the country. And anytime I got lost, I could literally stop anyone and they would just guide me, give me directions, tips. Like they would just give more than I asked. And I just really appreciate people that are like that. So Norway would be number one. Number two would be Japan. If you want to time travel to the future. Japan, I want to give them probably like 15 to 20 years ahead of the world. <laughs> they're just, they're so advanced. Not only that, but the people, again, so collectively respectful. You can't even tip there. If you try to tip, they'll chase you down because it's an honor to serve tourists and people. And there's this next level Zen that I really appreciate. And the third place, I'll say Jordan. I want to say Sri Lanka, but I'll say Jordan because Jordan, you can go to. Petra to the desert and just literally camp in the middle of nowhere, no Wi-Fi, hardly any power. And you're just sitting at a campfire with, if it's an organized group, you have a couple other people and you have people that are like, you know, Bedouin music and, you know, you're going to bed to the stars and you can sleep under the stars outside of your tent. It was just a really powerful experience to connect to nature. And there's this concept called earthing where if you just dig your toes into grass, into sand, into dirt, you know, you connect with nature more. I feel like living in a city or getting caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, I just forget to hug trees. You know, Kelly, I'm a hippie. I just want to hug more trees, you know? So I really feel like going into the middle of nowhere is such a humbling experience. And I can not agree more. You know me, the further out, the more remote, the more outdoorsy, the more nature is involved, the happier my being, my spirit, my physical is. Thank you for sharing, Gloria. Thank you for sharing Glow. I call you Glow. Glow is my girl, for those who don't know. You know, we have a personal friendship. So Glow, put some respect on her name, Glopra, for those of you who are trying to get your life together. Thanks so much to my friend Glow for sharing her adventures with us. Check her out on the Blog Abroad YouTube channel. You can also find her on Instagram at Glow Graphics and on the web at theblogabroad.com. That's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Jamila Zaral-Williams, Lena Beck-Sillison, and thank you to our digital executive editor, Deanne Kazurski at Travel and Leisure. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag, and you can find me, your host, Kelly, at Kelly Set Go. And that's Kelly with three E's.